Hello and good morning. It's Friday, the 21st of September, 2018. Welcome back to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the only twice-weekly podcast on autonomous cars in the world. And yes, you're probably noticing that we're missing a theme song. Yeah, so last episode on Tuesday, I just plain forgot to include it. Uh, but now I noticed that the good folks over at Anchor.fm, uh, they produced the the app and the platform with which and on which I record and post this podcast, they've inexplicably changed their music library. So first of all, uh, the audio transition I used to use to segue between segments on each episode, um, well, the file name used to be called A Clue, and now it's called Mystery. So first, I couldn't even find it, but I did, so disaster averted. Second problem, much more serious, however, the opening theme song is gone. So we basically don't have a theme song for this for this show anymore. So I have an idea. I'm sure some of you out there are pretty musically inclined. Why don't you shoot me something? Keep it 12 seconds or so in length. If I get multiple submissions, I'll put them up as a vote for, you know, you can all cast your vote on which one you like best. That then will become the new theme song for this show. Um, so yeah, start submitting some uh, samples and let's see who wins. Thank you so much. Today, we talk about BMW's autonomous motorcycle, the best corridors for autonomous trucking, and Waymo's milestones. All this, right now. But first, just a quick reminder that if you're enjoying this podcast on iTunes Podcasts, that you don't forget to leave a five-star rating and written review. This makes a huge deal of difference to me, and frankly, it lets me know how I can improve this show and make it even better for you. So thank you so much for that. But first things first, it is Friday, which means it's Friday Poll Day here on Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue. Well, today's question is, did you watch the entire Joe Rogan, Elon Musk interview? So head on over to Autonomous Hogue on Twitter to cast your vote. We're going to leave this poll open and all, actually all future polls will be left open until Tuesday. It seems to be that Tuesday is the day that I tend to do the first episode of the week anyway, so why was I closing the polls prematurely just after 24 hours? No idea why, but anyway, henceforth, polls will be left open Friday through Tuesday, so we'll give more of you more time to cast your votes. We can have an even fuller discussion when we come back on Tuesday. Speaking of which, you'll find out later on why it is I'm doing this particular question. There is a relation to autonomous cars, as you probably guess, since after all, this is Elon Musk we're talking about. But uh, yeah, cast your vote. We'll check back on Tuesday and have a chat. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, well, to kick things off today, let's talk about BMW. Because we haven't really had much to say about them. Uh, they, I mean, <laughs> other than the fact that how are they going to kind of reconcile the rollout of autonomous cars with their age-old slogan, the ultimate driving machine, obviously, not too much of a driving machine if you're not doing the driving, is it? Um, but yeah, this this is sort of a brief discussion. Uh, I saw a thing uh, about BMW's new motorcycle, autonomous motorcycle they've been working on. Um, not really something I expected to see much about uh, because after all, 
why this at all. Uh, you know, why is this even in the news? And it turns out that, well, you can trace autonomous cars, weirdly, back to autonomous motorcycles. Because, take yourselves back to 2004, the DARPA Grand Challenge. For those of you who've been following this space since its earliest days, and I have been, uh, you might see where I'm going with this. Do you remember the DARPA Grand Challenge of 2004? Go ahead, start Googling it. There was a particular motorcycle entry called Ghost Rider. And, well, this was built by a team of engineers led by one Anthony Lewandowski. Yes, that Anthony Lewandowski. Google, Waymo, Uber-ish, infamously uh, ousted after allegedly having stolen information from Waymo to Uber and... Then starting up Auto, the autonomous trucking company, and I do believe he started a religion centered around AI, which, by the way, as silly as it sounds, I have to say, there is actually some logic to this, but that's a whole other discussion, frankly, a whole other podcast. Um, yeah, so, so it turns out that autonomous car tech really gets traced back to motorcycles because Anthony, by many metrics, many objective metrics, is really kind of the godfather of LiDAR. LiDAR, of course, the, the laser... Uh, visualization tool that autonomous cars use to see the world around them. They're essentially a spinning, a spinning device with an array of lasers, each of which shoots out a beam of laser to uh, then register the reflected laser light from which it then creates a sort of 3D point space of the world around. This then is how the cars can see. So, But for his work in LiDAR technology, we very likely wouldn't be where we are today at all. So anyway, this is kind of a roundabout way of getting to the point that Really, the fact that BMW is demonstrating a, an, an autonomous motorcycle, that's not really as far-fetched as it sounds. Again, this goes back to 2004, the idea of doing an autonomous motorcycle. Right, so what does this have to do with autonomous cars generally? Well, not much, other than to show that, well, BMW are very much working on this. And what better way to show that you're working on it than with, well, a motorcycle? Because that isn't exactly the easiest thing to do. Thing is, though, if you do go and actually Google this, you'll find some pretty interesting, uh, at least one video clip that I saw. You see this motorcycle, it gets kind of a, a help from its human assistant to get kind of pushed off. And then away it goes, navigating itself around a track. Looks really eerie. Looks very, very strange, actually. And I gotta say, it looks even stranger than an autonomous car going without a driver. Probably because I mean, depending on how dark your window tint is in your car, you may not even see a driver in a car all of the time. But with a motorcycle, not seeing a human figure there, not seeing a silhouette of a of a rider on a motorcycle, that's that's very, very strange. Um, that said, it does kind of raise the question, what exactly is the point of an autonomous motorcycle? At least in a car, you've got a cabin, you can, you can fit passengers, they can take a nap, and so on and so forth. What exactly is the point of autonomous motorcycles? Um, joking aside, I could see a lot of applications, right? So in really crowded cities, autonomous motorcycles could provide really, really good delivery service where cars just wouldn't quite be able to get quickly due to traffic or practically where cars just simply couldn't fit. They could get through kind of narrow alleys, squeeze in between cars, that kind of thing. Thinking a little bit more kind of, I guess, pragmatically, uh, emergency services, right? I mean, you know, we've often talked about using drones, especially autonomous drones for emergency services. I think I think setting up autonomous motorcycles might be a little bit less of an engineering challenge. Well, hmm, actually, maybe I'll... 
you know, let's scratch that. I think autonomous drones will be less of an engineering challenge than autonomous motorcycles. But in any event, I could see a very real use case, kind of first response vehicle in the form of a motorcycle or a drone or both, because why not? Or in any event, something which enables easier, quicker access than, say, a big bloated ambulance, which frankly can't fit through any sort of traffic jam whatsoever. So, you know, at first it sounds kind of funny to think about this, you know, a riderless motorcycle, but no, I think there's a lot of very real applications here. So anyway, keep an eye on it. I think BMW has done this a bit more of a publicity stunt, but, but, but so what? I think it's a pretty viable application. Uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Hey, have you seen the new website for this podcast yet? It's located at markhoag.com. That's just my name spelled out in full, M-A-R-C-H-O-A-G. You can find show notes and summaries, and it's a great place to discuss and debate each episode to your heart's content. So head on over, subscribe, markhoag.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So autonomous trucking. This is something we've talked a fair amount on this show about. Um... Not least of which because of the huge, profound social impact it's going to have on the millions of professional truck drivers, uh, not just here in the U.S., of course, but everywhere in the world. It's just that I believe here in the U.S., professional trucking may be one of, if not the most populous profession. So the idea of suddenly all these truck drivers losing their jobs, their entire livelihoods, that's obviously a very scary thing indeed. Now, we've talked about some proposed solutions to this not least of which is a startup called Starsky Robotics. Their solution is to re-employ the professional truckers at remote facilities where their autonomous trucks will be remotely operated. So effectively, autonomous truck drones, if you will. In this way, then, the human drivers would still have a job, simply not in the trucks, but rather at a remote facility. Arguably, this could give their livelihood, their, their, their very quality of life a boost, frankly, because they wouldn't be sitting in a vehicle all day going from A to B. That said... I don't know. Now that I think about it, I almost feel like I'd prefer going from A to B rather than just sitting in a room all day. I don't know. I guess for practical issues like family and that sort of thing, I guess being in one location obviously would be preferred. So, so anyway, there's a lot of kind of discussion about this. How, how do you solve this very real problem of millions of people losing their jobs uh, as autonomous trucking is rolled out? Well... The question here, though, uh, is that there's a research firm called Inrix. They did a study to see where in the U.S. would be the prime locations to roll out autonomous trucking. Namely, where would be the, the best trucking corridors in the U.S. for autonomous trucks to take over? Now, what this really means is, based on the data for these trucking corridors, where, you know, where would see the biggest improvements if human-driven trucks were replaced by autonomous trucks. And so to do this, they looked at all sorts of various layers of data like traffic congestion, traffic volume, traffic incidents, that kind of thing. Bearing in mind, especially that autonomous trucks are going to be not only um, faster, right, if not by freeway speed, then certainly by virtue of the fact they can travel essentially all day long without the mandated rest time that human drivers are subjected to. But also, of course, they're much safer. They're not going to have accidents, at least not nearly as many. Um, and of course, going forward, once autonomous trucks can p- 
tuned together, meaning they drive very, very close together. They're also going to be obviously more fuel efficient and presumably eventually they'll be able to go faster as well. So it's a very real kind of value in terms of understanding where is the best place to roll out trucking. And it turns out that, well, there was five top contenders for the best corridors in the U.S. And the number one top pick was a stretch of Highway 5 from the U.S.-Canadian border just north of Seattle uh, down into Northern California. So this then apparently is the best place for autonomous trucks to roll out and start testing. Now, I guess one of the problems with this, though, it looks like what the researchers were really looking for when you kind of dig into this is that, well, first of all, they were comparing they were comparing corridors that were at least 100 miles long. That's about 160 kilometers. Um, they had to be freight routes primarily. Uh, the roads themselves had to already be relatively low congestion. And they had, and this is the really crucial thing here, which really just kind of sounds awful, but it makes sense. Um, they had to have a high potential to reduce labor costs by eliminating drivers. So... Uh, again, this goes back to the point made at the start of the segment, which is that this is a very real problem, not just because autonomous cars, well, then trucks by their nature will reduce professional truckers, but because this is the very reason for which, from a from a purely business point of view, companies are going to be really clamoring for this in the first place. So there's going to be a really strong push to get autonomous trucking, if only to reduce costs. So this is going to start to pick up at a faster and faster rate no doubt at all. Um, furthermore, something really interesting here is uh, not only is this stretch of road said to be the best first place for autonomous trucking generally, but, well, it turns out that it's believed that by 2040, this stretch of road, between Seattle and Vancouver anyway, so not, not the whole stretch we mentioned from the, from the border down in Northern California, but rather just the bit from Seattle north to Vancouver, that stretch of Highway 5 is predicted by 2040 to be used exclusively for autonomous vehicles. Now, I find this really, really interesting because I've only just read this, and it reminds me of a thing that I've been saying quite some time here. Is, you know, there's always been this question. We've discussed it quite a bit, so I'm not going to get into it again. This, this question of how are autonomous cars going to be kind of uh, phased in, right? Are they going to show up you know, in cities? Are they going to show up on freeways? And if so, how so? And I've always said, I think we're going to first of all see them on carpool lanes kind of sharing with, um, yeah, with, with, with carpool vehicles, perhaps certainly with electric vehicles that have access, although those access rights are being little by little kind of reduced and eliminated altogether. Uh, and eventually I think carpool lanes should be repurposed entirely exclusively just for autonomous cars. And then little by little more lanes of the freeway and so on and so forth. So to anticipate that at least that stretch of Highway 5 will be used exclusively for autonomous vehicles, all lanes of the freeway. Yeah, that's a prediction I can definitely wrap my head around. That's something I can definitely get behind. That sounds about right to me. And in fact, I'm not going to go look at it now, but I'm sure I've written a similar time frame. And, you know, that shouldn't be too surprising, right? Because, I mean, even if you look at Elon Musk's famous prediction that, you know, if you, if you, if you just do the math... The quickest, I mean, if all cars were immediately started, if you started to replace all cars today with electric cars, and then I kind of extrapolate that for, for autonomous cars, because obviously all electric cars will be autonomous going forward, the very quickest you could do this is probably what, I think it was 15, 20 years. That's just a mathematical lower bound of time. But realistically, and if you get really, really conservative, you're looking at something more like 2070, 2080 for every car on the road to be electric and and um, presumably autonomous or mostly autonomous. So the idea that by 2040, 
we could start to see stretches of freeway become restricted only for autonomous cars. I think that's definitely possible. Yeah, I think that's definitely very possible. One thing I forgot to mention, this research firm, Inrix, so its members include the likes of Uber, NVIDIA, Lyft, Amazon, some real big heavy hitters in the autonomous car and trucking space, right? So pretty big deal, this. In any event, uh, my my prediction is that we are indeed going to see autonomous trucking really start to phase into reality on our streets and highways, first of all on highways, second of all later on on streets, uh, before we start to see ride sharing really pick up in a big way. I, I just think trucking will come first and human transport will come a bit shortly thereafter. Uh, obviously, let me know what you think. Submit to me your thoughts, disagreements, questions, etc. I'm always happy, eager to take any feedback you have to share. Hey there, just a friendly reminder that you can now support this podcast with a small monthly donation in the amount of 99 cents per month, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. If interested, you can just find the links over on the website at markhogue.com or on the anchor.fm profile page for this podcast. Any contributions, of course, very much appreciated indeed. And to those of you who already pitched in, thank you so much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So to close out today's episode, and indeed the week, I want to talk about a really great article over on Forbes written by contributor Bernard Marr. The title is Key Milestones of Waymo, Google's Self-Driving Cars. You should definitely give it a read, but the gist of it is this. It's a really great bird's-eye view of, of Waymo, kind of where they've come from, where they are now, where they're headed. Because, simply put, if it weren't for Waymo, I don't think we'd be even doing this podcast today at all. Um, and for that matter, Tesla too, as I've said before. Um, but what's amazing is, and, and it's kind of easy to lose sight of this sometimes, because it seems there's a new autonomous car company popping up somewhere in the world just about every week or so now. Um, but really, Waymo, their journey goes way back to 2009. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, Anthony Lewandowski, of course, having a huge role to play in all this, really the godfather of LiDAR, as I said. Um, but also, we can link Waymo back to Sebastian Thrun. He was the co-inventor of Google Street View. At the time, they were using Toyota Prius vehicles to, well, do their mapping, and they figured out how to get these to drive fully autonomously, apparently 10 times uninterrupted on 100-mile routes. So this is pretty incredible stuff. This was way back in 2009, and by 2012, they had added Lexus RX 450 hybrid SUVs to the fleet, at which point they ended up driving 300,000 miles already. In 2015, they rolled out the Firefly. This was the impossibly cute thing on four wheels, really just a pod, no steering wheel, no pedals. It was really Google's way of showing to the world what a fully autonomous car, in this case a level five car, no human intervention whatsoever, what it could look like. So in 2016, the little Google self-driving car project became a bit too big for its own good, and well, the Waymo that we know and love today was finally spun out, led by CEO John Krafsik. 2017 saw the addition of Chrysler Pacifica hybrid minivans to its fleet, this the only minivan I've ever called cool, and to date they've racked up an impressive 2.5 billion miles. The footnote here, of course, these are largely simulated miles, but so be it, 
That is, of course, a very safe way to test things uh, beyond the scope of what they can do on public roads so far. Nevertheless, the prediction by CEO John Krafcik is that by 2020, we should start to see Waymo's autonomous vehicles on public roads fit for human consumption. So look, whether it's Uber, Lyft, or Waymo, suffice to say, the 2020s are going to be an absolutely astonishing decade indeed. All right, so that's a wrap for today and for the week. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to head on over to twitter.com slash autonomous hogue to cast your vote for today's Friday poll. Again, it will remain open until we get back next week on Tuesday. So until then, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.